0: What's going on, everybody? This is Sean of Ross-like music. And this is The Super Sonny Show.
1: I'm La Molly. This is Blue and Green Radio. Hello
0: and welcome along to this month's edition of the Music for Modern Living Radio show right here on Blue and Green Radio. You're locked in with me, Nigel Gentry. Confessions
2: of a curly mind. mind. <laughs> Blue,
0: Blue and Green
2: Radio. And Radio. You're listening to Steve Williams at UK5.org. Welcome to the Blue and Green Sessions. Right, the vibe with DJ Ronnie Brown. Twisted Soul with C.F. Smith You're listening to the Blue and Green Podcast and I hope you enjoy what we are going to say BlueandGreenRadio.com Welcome friends, you're listening to episode 6 of the Blue in Green podcast My name's Imran. thanks so much for tuning in Uh, This is a podcast series that runs in conjunction with the 21st century independent online radio station Blue in Green Radio Uh, You can find us at blueingreenradio.com And uh, you can catch our our, our 24 hour stream of uh, of radio that airs 24 hours a day, 7 days a week uh, From an... Incredible lineup of uh, presenters and uh, incredibly talented. Uh, DJs and presenters that uh, broadcast from all over the world And that's primarily what this podcast is about for you to have the chance to meet them uh, And each episode we tend to focus on a different uh, One of our all-star team uh, That hail from all across the world uh, Today's episode is not going to be that though It's also a, we like to celebrate the music geekness uh, As much as we possibly can And um, so today's conversation is me uh hooking up with uh dan and Tej, who uh you first met via episode three of uh this podcast and um they are joining me in trying to answer kind of the question about separating whether we as individuals i think as opposed to whether people on a global scale should adhere to one rule but um We uh, have had the the discussion about whether separating an artist from the art they create is something that's possible, or if that's something that we as individuals are able to do, are we able to distinguish people's personal actions from the, um, the incredible in most cases incredible say music or comedy or acting or whatever their art form is uh music is the primary source of the conversation i think but we do go into other areas uh, it's a really difficult one because i think i approached this conversation i was quite naive i think um i wanted to have the conversation on a very general and broad scale and i wanted it to be really about what we as individuals how we digest the music that we listen to how we relate that to the person that is giving it that is creating it and uh, you know it's unfortunate it's a timely conversation um i feel like i'd like to have had this show um happen uh Regardless of current circumstances that are happening, uh, that have been happening over the last few years um, I didn't want to start naming names and discussing specific cases Again, that was incredibly naive and it was just inevitable that names would come up Um, And I feel like this is the first show, I don't think we say anything I don't think anybody in in this show, in this episode, says anything inflammatory or you know disrespectful or anything but i do want to apologize in advance if anyone does take any kind of offense to anything that we say these are personal opinions um and i i I, it's certainly not the intention i don't i'm pretty sure i'm i'm so prudish it's ridiculous but uh and i'm overly apologetic but i don't think it really goes into an area i need to be apologizing for anything that you that you'd hear Um, But I think it was a really great discussion. Um, Part of me feels like there's so much that we didn't really get to, but maybe something we can revisit in another episode. Uh, So as I said, I'm joined in this episode by uh, Dan Colicott and TJ Sutherland, uh, long-time buddies, long-time broadcast uh, 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 companions uh, of mine. We've got a a long-standing... um, Uh, history of podcasting over various uh, uh, shows and formats so um, they're somewhat of a staple to the Blue and Green podcast now Uh, as I said we um, we you initially would have met them when we had our chat about incredible music live experiences that we had part two of that conversation is coming up in March so please stick around for that I hope you'll enjoy it And uh, yeah, so just before we get into this particular episode, uh, a quick uh, reminder of how the format works, each episode will feature two Uh, Songs (laughs) Uh, Two songs, the first will be my selection Which we'll play in a moment And then the second is the selection of our guest And uh, in this case we've asked TJ To provide uh, uh, our closing number at the end of the show So he will introduce that in about 50-ish minutes time Uh, My selection is not at all related to this conversation To this podcast theme at all Uh, it's, um, It's something... Uh, that I'm particularly excited about, it's uh, a a new track by uh, really close dear friends of uh, Blue and Green Radio this came out February 1st 2019, this is by the Soul Sound Collective Uh, Craig Sims, Tim Higgins, this is their uh, second single um, the first one came out um, in November, I believe, 2018 It was a beautiful track called Stay A While We discussed it on Blue and Green Radio I was really excited that this has finally happened Because their SoundCloud page has had lots of uh, like teasers of music They've been working on for such a long time So it's super overdue and I'm thrilled for them That we now, at the time of this recording With two singles in So the song we're about to play it's the second single The ones I've said Came out February 1st 2019 uh, You can purchase this Via the Soul Sound Collective One So please look them up um, Craig has done uh, I think Six I think At the moment uh, Guest shows for Blue and Green Radio And they're very Very well received And uh, They're excellent Excellent shows And um, Yeah We We we, uh, we love the gang so much And for this particular song uh, Joining the particular song uh, joining uh, Craig and Tim is Simon Lee and Gabriel Naku. I apologize for the pronunciation, I hope it's correct, uh, both uh, on guitar. Uh, as I said, wonderful song, so we're going to go to it right now. Quick reminder you can check us out for uh, our radio station and for our uh, podcast, the home of these podcasts you can find at blueinggreenradio.com and uh you can catch these podcasts we're, we're, we're everywhere you can find a podcast at the moment which is excellent super cool we're on spotify stitcher tune in itunes so it's pretty cool uh so thanks very much for checking us out i hope you enjoy uh the show here we go <laughs> such a tricky topic but the the original title for this show was going to be should the artist be separated from the art but i i just don't think we're going to be able to answer that in terms of any one person dictating that to anybody else is it's just not going to work i don't think it's always the answer to it is it's it's always going to come down to someone's personal uh say preferences or moral compass and i kind of think you know if there's no argument you can't change someone's mind about that if someone doesn't want to listen to uh, a musician or uh, see an actor or anything because of stuff that they've done in their personal life you're not going to win that argument so i kind of thought it um it would probably make more sense to kind of narrow that question down and ask do you as as individuals as three individuals as you two uh separate the artist from their art so to sort of start this off on a very basic and rudimentary level i'll kick it off if i may there's there's a singer called jose james who i'm a huge fan of like a ginormous fan he's a jazz vocalist i can tell you that he's got Uh, albums that came out since 2008. That was his debut. It was called The Dreamer. It came out in Brownswood Recordings. I can tell you every album that came out after it. I can tell you the people he worked with on those albums. I can tell you the inspiration for those albums. I can tell you remixes that he's had of those projects. I can tell you songs that he's featured on for other people. I can tell you nothing about his personal life. I know nothing about his personal life because I don't care. I hope he's a good guy. And I hope he's happy, but me exploring his personal life as I do his music has never entered my mind. So what? So so sort of. Let's go to to Dan first. I mean, what kind of like investment do you make in in someone that you? That's probably an unfair question because I think if we were talking like really young teens, you know, you make that investment in pop stars like One Direction, Justin Bieber, and as grown ups, we probably don't. But how do you kind of? What's your connection to someone you really, really dig?
0: It's difficult. I mean, in in, in a more general sense, I would always consider the music, you know, consider the art first and consider how that, you know, how that influences my musical choices, what I listen to, what I I like. It's very difficult to then, you know, Start to think about how that person behaves in their private life, um, and and what their what their choices are, and you know the the choices they make. Because I think that the problem with this is, I, I never think of um, a, an artist a, as having to have the same kind of belief system um, as myself. I guess. Um, but if that same artist crossed certain red lines, and I'm sure all three of us have red lines, where if someone breaks the law and and does something pretty abhorrent, or is at least under suspicion for that, it it becomes it it then becomes dif- difficult to separate, you know, your fandom, you know, your appreciation of music and and a person. If you know that they've they've crossed red lines, um, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know how else to put it. I mean, I, I'm I'm obviously a big rock and metal fan, um, and a lot of rock artists, you know, they're known for their excess. They're famed for it. So all the various kind of drugs, womanizing, um, you know, the various kind of debauchery that they've indulged in that actually gets them fame and notoriety almost seems part and parcel of it now you could say therefore you know red lines um that i have that i tolerate that sort of uh, artist or musician or band is that you know if 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 they break the law by um taking drugs you can kind of live with it because you you're, I guess you're making assumptions that it's having limited impact on other people. Um, but if those same musicians are then, you know, uh, accused of, uh, sexual assault or, or rape, which has been, um, quite common over the last, um, well, I mean, it's, it's common, common, um, for all time, but I think there's been a lot of accusations of, um, some really big rock artists have been accused. Uh, One one of the most recent ones, and I'm sure, TJ, you're aware of this, was uh, Maynard Keenan. uh, Yeah, uh, yeah, I did hear about that. Of Tall and Perfect Circle. And there were some quite unpleasant allegations um, played out over social media. It's difficult. It's difficult because in these cases... Um, you know, I'm aware of them or I'm sure we're all aware of them, but a- until they reach a court, until that person is then tried and proven guilty, uh, it, it doesn't stop me listening to those people or respecting them as artists. So, yeah. so
2: if, if they are tried and proved guilty or, or even if they're not, I mean, there are more accusations uh, that are released about about people in the public eye than there are actual cases or results to them. I mean, so when those accusations come out and it does seem quite conclusive, are you kind of, does that start to sour you?
0: Well, I think it, you say the word conclusive and I, I just think, um, unfortunately, um, we try people in the media. You know, if you, if you look at the Kevin Spacey thing, now don't get me wrong, I'm not, I'm not necessarily pro-Kevin Spacey. But as an actor, as a, you know, you know, a very talented uh, professional, he's, he's been in the game for, you know, decades, uh, probably quarter of a century. And it, it's kind of weird now that everyone accepts or seems to accept in the media that he is, you know, he's a sex, some kind of sexual predator uh, and has, and has done some, pretty abhorrent things. Now, don't get me wrong, I'm not for one minute suggesting he isn't. But as yet, he hasn't been tried. Um, he hasn't, you know, gone before a court. Uh, the evidence hasn't been stacked in a way to, to prove whether or not he has or hasn't. I think we, we all we all just listen to what we uh, or, or read what we, you know, hear in the media. Um, and we, we kind of we tend to accept that. Um, and I find it, <clears throat> I find it a bit strange that people are always, um, you know, they're, they're literally guilty until proven innocent. Um, and it, yeah, it, it's a very strange thing because there, there are so many artists, which I think, well, you know, if you, if you did do what you've been accused of and, and, and the evidence stacks up and, and then you're put in jail, then that's very different from a lot of a, a lot of kind of hearsay and, and allegations and things that, that that just play out over and over in the media and you think well you know it, again it, it's not meaning that I I want to believe that they're they're innocent I don't at all um, I mean uh, there, there's a lot of artists I'm sure we're gonna come on to we can talk about where there's been so many allegations and you kind of think, well, surely how are they, how are they still walking around a free person? But yeah, I, I try and, I try and see things from both sides. I, I try and be objective and not let the, whatever's happening in the media steer um, my opinion on someone until it's absolutely, you know, it, it's inscrutable. It, you can't, get away from the fact that the, this, this person, this artist, this band are exactly what they've been accused of. And then I think, you know, it, it, it's difficult to, to feel the same way.
2: Okay. There's a couple of points I'll come back to you on, I'm going to come back to you on a couple of those, but I'll, let's go to Tej and just sort of get that initial question to him. So dude, where, what kind of like investment, where do you kind of stand on it? Um, for me, personally, I
1: I concur with Dan, to be honest. I think there's a lot of artists that I've listened to over the years that have had accusations thrown at them. And I I don't want to be one of those people that jumps on the bad of the moment there's an accusation or something in social media. I immediately jump on board and start vilifying this person. I try my best not to be like that. I think we're we're living in an age now, especially with social media and, you know, the rise of the internet and all the rest of it, where news and information filters through as quickly as possible. Whereas back in the old days, let's say the old days start showing my age now, but um, (laughs) in the olden times, (laughs) <laughs> well, that, there, that was much better,
2: yeah. The, yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> there uh, there were, you know, I'm sure there was a lot of shenanigans going on back then as well that people didn't really know about or was kept behind closed doors or, you know, didn't really filter its way through to people's general news, wh- however they picked up the news back then. So... I think there's a there's a big difference between the way artists were viewed, were viewed back then to the way, the way they are scrutinized and viewed now. You get a much more deeper insight into people's lives now than I think you ever used to. Going back to you know the 50s, 60s, 70s. When it comes to you know where I stand on. Say for as an example, I, I know I know we said before this that we weren't going to call out names, but when it comes to someone like as a, a massive example, Michael Jackson, I think there's a, I think for, it's, I think it's personal on on each individual how they see a situation like that. When you're heavily invested emotionally in an artist's music or you know, films, TV, whatever it, whatever it is, depending on your emotional investment, you will find a way to perhaps blinker yourself from what may or may not be facts. So I think, I, I know Dan said it a number of times, but it is difficult to kind of separate the art from the artists and separate what's true from what's not, whether to believe what you hear whether to believe everything that you you know hear or read or see and I think that's also again tainted by your emotional investment in in the artist so yeah
2: that's that's a great point because it kind of I think for someone it you know it depends how iconic say the artist is but I think it's sort of a case of you kind of have to take out, there are probably three categories that people are going to fall into with an artist of the stature of Michael Jackson. Whereas A, everything changes for them. And it's like, you're not the person I thought you were. You're not the musician, the artist I thought you were. So then you lose them in that way. Then there's B, in that that sort of the opposite reaction of that blind support of, no, it's mm. not true, it's not true, no, he 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 gave us Billie Jean, he couldn't have done this, you know, and it's like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, or then there's C, which is a case of, well, I grew up on Billie Jean, for example, I grew up on Jackson 5 music or whatever it is, and that music hasn't changed in terms of mm. they still represent portions of my life, they still represent where I was at and times I had, mm. so he, it, no matter what he does, it doesn't take those moments away.
1: No, uh, I, I completely agree with that, and I think it's again, it's it's very much down to your your emotional investment in the artist's work and your own set of core values, and also the facts that are presented to you. So, I, I think that you're, I think you're right. There are very clear, distinct um, ways people look at that sort of situation and, and how they react to it I, I find it fascinating actually how how instantly I'll I, I take a, a personal example of mine Louis CK when um, the allegations, allegations which were kind of true I guess I don't know but he didn't deny it did he? He totally th- he, he yeah he didn't he, he didn't deny him and you know, and it, it, it all kicked off at the time when you know the Me Too movement really took you know got a bit got a lot of momentum behind it and Weinstein and all that kind of stuff and the the mood was you know the mood was really changing in Hollywood, but the Louis C.K. thing for some reason that one didn't I wouldn't say hit me hard but it, that kind of stuck stuck in my craw a little bit because when you look at his comedy. And the kind of subject matter that he has. And then to hear that he'd done the things that he did, those two things just kind of really. I don't, and I don't know why, because I, lo- I loved him as a comedian. I thought it was hilarious. Watched all his stand ups, went to see him live one time when he came over. And, you know, all of a sudden, when that came out, I just, I, I couldn't. I don't, weirdly, I don't have anything against him per se. I think what he did was stupid and a bit a bit weird and a bit disgusting, but that's by, the, that's by the by. But I don't have anything against him personally. I don't want him to, you know, go to jail unless he's been committed a crime or, you know, anything like that. But I just felt really uncomfortable watching his comedy or the thought of watching his comedy again just made me really uncomfortable. So, you know...
0: Can I, can it, I just, um, uh, just add one very quick point? Uh, just agreeing with you on the lewis c k point uh because there's something there's a there's a huge level of hypocrisy um about the fact he did these things and the you know the tone and nature of his comedy um but I think the worst thing about it is that ever since it happened and you know he held his hand up, I think he he kind of apologized. But the one, the one thing that really, you know, um, irritates me about him is he's now done, he's done stand-up comedy since. And rather than just, I don't know, rather than just kind of A, owning what he's done and make, making fun of himself and almost kind of like shining the light back on himself and saying, look, I'm an idiot, I shouldn't have done those things, I'm completely in the wrong and ultimately, you know, making it part of his act to be, you know, to, for, for contrition. Mm. Instead, he's literally been moaning about it and moaning that it's cost him <laughs> his career. And, oh, and, just act like, and this, this really took me back because I have a lot of respect for the guy. And I kind of thought, well, you know, uh, a few moments of madness and it, it, it's stupid behavior. And obviously, um, I'm not I'm not playing down, uh, you know. The the people that were involved in these hmm. acts that he did, uh, but the fact that he you know he's he's moaning about it and he, he's acting like the victim and it's like no no come on dude, this behaviour is not acceptable. Uh, you shouldn't have done it. You you have to appreciate that you know you 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 are the architect of your own downfall here, and okay. and no one should be you know no one should be showing you sympathy um it's it it was just a really weird thing there's no subjectivity in it as in it's like Mm. he did it we know he did it we know that some people were okay with it who were his friends and some people weren't and it's like well it's not cool so yeah
1: either you you own up to it either you, you you hold your hands up and like you say own it or you move completely on from it and go, right, I'm done with that chapter. I'm going to move on and do something fresh. You don't just kind of still stick in the past and learn about it, but then don't take ownership of the fact that you messed up. And yeah, it's a bit of a weird one.
0: Yeah. And, and I think he, he's, he moans at its cost him his career, but it's like, well, yeah, you say that, but you've, you you know he's worth he's he's worth millions. It's not like he ever really has to work another day in his life. It's not like oh no, um, I'm going to have to go back and work in Burger King now. It, it, it's just such a, <laughs>
2: such
0: a strange concept.
2: As, okay, as I think you've both kind of demonstrated in in terms of the question, do you separate art from the artist? I think it's potentially easier to do depending on the art. In a way, I think in the case of Louis C.K., he made a lot of jokes for many years about objectively sort of looking at the kind of person that he sort of was, ironically. And people thought he was a good guy making just, you know, sort of extreme jokes. But then it kind of turned out, oh, you were a creep making jokes about being a creep. So Mm -hmm. I I think his hill is going to be particularly difficult to climb. You know, and I think when it comes to sort of to singers, again, you know, not to name names, but, you know, uh, a certain 90s R&B uh, mega stars is currently being uh, dragged over the coal, so to speak. And R. Kelly, yes. you know, he you're looking at, I think when considering his art, you're looking at a career which is potentially 30 odd years now, and yeah. they involve love songs like 99 percent of them and now you're considering what the muse was of those songs so i I, Mm. you know again this is all different when you're considering say an actor or a director because you don't look at that at their art or their product and you're not having to think about what their crimes were as such whether Mm. if you're a film director or making an action movie or if you're a you know, an uh, uh, an actor playing a politician or anything; it, they, those those personal life things don't have to come into what you're looking at. But I think when you're questioning what they're doing and saying or singing about, that's potentially when it can become a problem.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting use the R, R- Kelly um, analogy because uh, I me and my girlfriend were listening to uh, a playlist the other day, and Aaliyah. Uh, a couple of tracks from a- Aaliyah came up on it and we we're like, Oh yeah. Like absolute huge fan of Aaliyah. And then it was a bit like wait, so R. Kelly produced these al- this album so And is wrote it- every song. And wrote every song. So actually I wasn't aware that he wrote every song. I thought she wrote some of it as well. No, but, no. Uh yeah so this is R Kelly's work just being sung through someone else.
2: Yeah. The song, the title, track, it, yeah, that... the title track, the title track age eight, nothing but a number was yes. about a 15. She's a 15 year old girl. And that song yeah. is written by a 27 year old man, uh, yep. about a 15 year old girl trying to argue to dating an older man. I mean, yep. that's, you know, yeah, that's, and... about as, that's about as great as you can
1: get, and <laughs> I, and I, I absolutely love like Ali's first album. I absolutely love it. Like some amazing you know, back and forth. One of my all time favorite tracks. But I, I mean, I don't have a problem listening to to that song and still still enjoying it. But I don't know that I could listen to
2: any other R. Kelly tracks. I feel right like now. I could listen to yeah, R. Kelly's it's... music as a more than that Aaliyah album. I don't feel I could listen to the Alia album specifically.
1: Uh, okay, yeah. See, it's, it's 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 weird the way that works, isn't it? Yeah. It's and and go back to my original point. It's it's very much dependent on how you view, you know, what your emotional connection is to the artist's work, will determine how what your tolerance level is of what they get up to.
0: Can I can I give an example? Bit of a strange analogy, but I hope it, I hope it works. Bear with me. So, okay, fifty years in the future, or maybe even a hundred years in the future, someone, um, someone picks up an R Kelly or a Michael Jackson album, or uh, you know, and listens to those songs for the first time, and those songs they exist as possibly the best examples of that genre, that art form, that music um, of the last X number of of years. Um, Surely then, at that point, that that becomes purely about the art, because... Even, yeah. even now, I mean, maybe an, ex- an example could be for us that we, you know, there, there's a lot of 1930s, 1950s music uh, and, and artists that we, we listen to, but you, you'll probably find because you don't have, uh, there was no social media back then, there was no, the level of um, news and, and just general life interference and documentation of everything um, was a hell of a lot less. So even though you get snippets of information um, about famous artists and it turns out, oh you know they, uh, they, they you know it, the scandal might have been they had an affair or they might have you know their sexuality might have been different from their songs, you don't get that you know you don't get that lens into their life. So it, it, it almost becomes, you know, they are naturally by the by the, the sheer by time, by lack of information, and the fact that a person's life fades away. It fades out, it, it becomes less and less of apparent, less and less of a thing to the point. As I said, like in the future, if you're hundreds of years or thousands of years in the future, you're listening to music and it's just a pure Form of that art, and you don't know anything about um, that artist. So I'm I'm taking this very literally here. Uh,
1: I and I, I get your, your point. You're trying to make, and it and I, and I understand that you were making an extreme version of of that point. But I think the difference is, say tomorrow, a videotape came out with a, a famous artist that's hugely popular now of them uh, Having being a paedophile as an extreme example, that's not something that's easily erased. Even you know, even going forward through time, hundred odd years, you know, think I, I, I'd find it difficult to believe that something that's hugely heinous—if it was something hugely heinous—would be that easily easily erased.
2: To, yeah, no to, to, to your point Dan, I mean, you know you, I, I think in, you, you're kind of really spot on in as much as there are there are several there's loads of artists from the 60s and the 70s who it's known that they've done certain things, but yeah, their legacy is is cemented. Do you know what I mean? To the point where yeah. there's, you know, and to sort of to TJ's point, I guess we haven't had the, I don't know what's the right word to say, the luxury or the fortune, of of having videos of of anything and anything visual that can completely scar those memories, you know. But that there are there is a is a good handful uh, of artists that have done just just insane. Hmm. I mean, it's it's funny actually, as you mentioned, I, it's
1: a point that I was going to bring up earlier where I listened to a lot of hip hop in the 90s. It was my main music genre of choice. And a lot of it was some of the most misogynistic, homophobic crap that you've ever heard a lot of the lyrics were. And I will still listen to some of it now because it's iconic and it was of a time. And You know, it was part of what I grew up listening to. It was like more my formative musical years. So it's weird though, because obviously these aren't things that I these aren't things that I believe in. Uh, I I I think I'm not misogynistic or homophobic, but I but a lot of the artists. That I listened to back in the days were spouting some really horrible stuff.
2: MC Hammer but wasn't that
1: bad, was he? It is well, you know, you should have heard his second album. <laughs> <laughs> he <laughs> did
0: go gangster, though, didn't he? He did. I think he did. Think it was his third album, to be fair.
1: Yeah, he yeah, he went gangster, and he just went. He went from calling himself MC Hammer to Hammer. That was it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you, you know what? I, I I hadn't even considered that um Like in terms of just considering like the content of like '90s hip hop, I think that's a that's a yeah. fantastic example. That's a really really great example because they would be the first ones, I think. That would sort of. I remember Snoop Dogg when he was on for for murder, when he was on trial for murder, yeah. and it was like, well, you've just made how many records talking about you know <laughs> killing and shooting and living that lifestyle, and now right. it's it, it, you're presented with it, and it's like, I'm innocent, I'm innocent. It's like, well. I mean, there's a lot anyway, of records. Hang on, <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah. <laughs> let's see, let's listen to Exhibit A, shall we? Okay, go on. Yeah, it's it's a it's a it's a it's a it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a weird one, and I, I yeah, I I I know I'm completely hypocritical in some respects by not necessarily condoning that behavior,
2: but. But you're separating it. You're separating it. your enjoyment. It's, it. Exactly. It's precisely exactly, the question, exactly. isn't
1: it? Well, yeah, yeah, exactly. is and uh, again, it's it's levels, isn't it? It's yeah. it's your tolerance to uh, what the content is, your emotional attachment to it. I, I'm repeating myself again, but I think I think that is the the, the absolute crux of it. It's how you, you know what you're willing to tolerate in conjunction with how connected you are to something. Yeah.
0: But you are right. Weird one. One of the, you know, we, we do listen to it. Uh, and as Imran says, we are kind of, I don't know. It's like, you're almost separating, you're going one step further because you're, you're, you're separating the, the pure genius of the, the lyrics of how they rhyme, the production, the beats, the, you know, the, the investment in that storytelling. You're almost separating The genius of that from some of the more questionable uh content that lies therein and the actual you know the the meaning of of what you're actually listening to
2: there was to kind of bring it back around a little bit i um i had a a conversation with someone uh pretty just just before christmas november december last year and i had um randomly just before that i had read up on uh, a particular iconic, legendary artist. I think, I don't know why I was curious to read up about sort of their their history. I didn't know much about them. And I, I found, I read some pretty like, oh, I didn't know that about them. And it was pretty, they had done some pretty despicable things. And I had a conversation with a friend and, you know, it organically just sort of went there. And I said, oh, I read up about so-and-so. He's, he was a pretty horrible person, wasn't it? Because he did this and this. And he kind of said, he said, but what constitutes a person? And he said you're you've just said he's a horrible person based on three examples that you've given but so for you to label him a horrible person for that means that you've counterweighed every good thing that he had done in his life and you've've you've, you've balanced it and said well those bad things now outweigh all of that therefore he's a bad horrible person as a result of that you know and and to sort of to in terms of like from an art perspective again to to kind of say I can't listen to so and so because of something that they had done in their personal life is I, I agree with him. He's he was I think he's spot on. I think it sort of ends up being like a black and white sort of categorization of a person of a, of the complexities of of a person and every single thing that they've done in their life, and then you get labeled with this one thing, and I you know it's really unfortunate because I kind of really want this wanted this conversation to be broad and open but we're kind of living in it in an era in the last few years where it just really extreme examples of sexual misconduct and sexual abuse are the examples that you just that you know i can't i can't there's no argument against those things you know like mm-hmm. things that louis ck has done things that r kelly's done there's there's no argument you can throw at someone to win to say yeah but this is why you should separate it because these are extreme things and it's sort of unfortunate that those examples are hanging over the whole conversation because there's no well you know this person was caught speeding should we therefore they broke the rule uh they broke the law so should we not listen to their music anymore should it not get airplay anymore but it's the extreme cases that we're kind of have hovering over this whole discussion which is kind of hard to contend with
1: uh, i mean to, to to that extent i I think it's down to the individual. I wouldn't, I wouldn't try to argue with someone as to why they shouldn't be listening to R. Kelly if, uh, sorry, pulling his name out again as, a, as an example, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't argue with someone to try and get them to stop listening to that person because I believe that he's a bad person because of X, Y, and Z. If you want to carry on listening to his music and want to, and and it brings you pleasure because that because you're able to separate his art from the person that he is or the person that he's being portrayed as, or whatever the definition is. Then that's entirely up to you. I have my levels and my opinions and my beliefs and my emotional attachment to things, and. That, that's just the way it is I, I don't i don't think that people I don't think we should ever get into a, a place where people themselves become vilified because they choose to continue to mm-hmm. whether it's support an artist yeah. or continue listening to someone because blah 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 whatever it is I, I I don't think that we should ever get to that point where you where you're vilified by association in that respect.
2: Hmm. Any, and well, Dan, any final thoughts?
0: On... Yeah. Well, I was just thinking it, it depends on how that, how vocal they are about it and how that they, they, you know, if they're, if they're arguing
1: for. Oh it. yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: I can mean, be I mean, yeah. saying, I mean, a lot, I think a lot of artists, if there's one, it depends on the, the indiscretion. I mean, if they, have they've murdered or raped someone that there's no, there's no real coming back from that. But, you know, to, I, I, I may as well use Lewis CK as, as, an example. I, I kind of felt that, um, stupid behavior. Um, I'm not saying that he, he should be instantly forgiven that there that, that, that need, needs to be accountability. And I think he, he's deserved, uh, you know, what he's got, but, Ultimately, I think because of the nature of what he did and how he did it and what happened, um, I would have thought, you know, at some point, whether you know he shows contrition, you know, he says sorry, he he goes in, you know, he shows that he's had therapy, um, he shows that he's looked after, or, or somehow that. that things come, you know, circumstances come together that you generally can feel that the situation has moved on and uh, everyone involved is now, you know, I'm not saying okay, but, you know, it is something you can get past because that's the type of thing that in a few years will have blown over and people will forget about because... If you think about the nature of a lot of a lot of uh, Hollywood scandals, there are some, you know, there's some actors and actresses and musicians who've done some pretty crappy things um, in the public eye, and you know they they do eventually recover, but um, you know it, it's obviously if you have generally committed a crime, and you know there is no way back. It, it, it's difficult to then sort of see. Well, at, at what point do you then like say, well, you know, he's in prison, he's a murderer, but I like his music. But yeah, it, it, it's very difficult. You know, it, there's there's so many extremes, and obviously there's so much music out there which um, formed that the entire kind of foundation of 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 all the different music and artists that followed and it's like well yeah how 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 big and how amazing does does an artist's output have to become that it can transcend um the life that they led
2: so tj has the unenviable task of picking a song to close out this 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 Oh, this show. And um, I'm curious to know where, which direction <laughs> you're going to take us. I to bet send you are. Please send us home happy.
1: I bet you are. Um, <laughs> so, yes, my selection for the song to close us out is I went for a proper feel-good song after all of the depressing <laughs> talk we've had over the last few minutes. Uh, I've gone for... Funkin' for Jamaica by Tom Brown.
0: Wow.
1: It's an all-time classic, baby. It's Just solely for a feel-good factor, that's it. Solely for a feel-good factor, not accusing Tom I know, Brown. I know, I was going gonna... a... <laughs> <laughs> just to be that, clear.
0: That was my response. I was like, oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> no,
1: I just, I, I just figured uh, the listeners might like something a little bit uplifting and, and happy to to see them on their way.
2: Brilliant. Thanks very much, gang.
1: I got a hundred.